You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much for sticking with us here on Real Presence Live. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision calling, or uh, on in live in studio in Fargo, North Dakota, with Jack Kennelly. Um, we are on the phone right now with Paul Rose from Singing the Hours, and uh, I am so excited to get to talk to him. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My pleasure. So, Singing the Hours is a a project that is trying to get the Divine Office or the Liturgy of the Hours to be more accessible in song to the, the body of Christ. And I'm Paul Rose. I uh, was, was born in California. Big family, not a Catholic family growing up. I'm, I'm a convert, but uh, I, I have seven siblings, so there are eight kids, and I currently live in Boston, Massachusetts, and by trade, I'm a speech coach. That's awesome! Oh my goodness, you're a speech coach. So what? Uh, and and you 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 said you're in Boston. Um, what uh, do you do? You are you a coach at one of the Catholic schools, or where 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 do you work? Yeah. So my my organization works with schools and school districts, a lot of Catholic schools, to offer speech training and debate coaching to students that are you know fourth through twelfth grade, and it's it's an absolute blast. But I've I've been on sabbatical from my company since September of last year, and for, for a few months I was discerning how I might be more involved in a, you know, in a, a ministry or something that is specifically giving time to the Lord, and after a few months I discerned that Sing the Hours was, was going to be the, the project that the, the Lord was calling me to. Well, that is that is wonderful. Thank you, thank you so much for what you're doing for the church. You you mentioned that you're a convert. Tell us a little bit about uh, your journey to the Catholic faith. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, if, if we're being absolutely precise, Doctor Ryan, uh, the the journey to, to the Catholic faith was only a couple months because my parents baptized me as a baby, and there's only one baptism for the remission of sins. So I was a Catholic, but didn't know it from the the very beginning, mm. which is which is kind of funny. Yeah. But um, my my family was non denominational, kind of post modern Christian, as I affectionately like to call it. <laughs> um, and my mom, as is the case with many many um, young adults who grew up in the sort of Bob Jones era of you know revival, she was raised Catholic, but um, became a evangelical in the, you know, 70s. And um, my, my dad was, was never Catholic, but was kind of a closet Catholic because he was really obsessed with classics and patristics, and he read a lot of philosophy. So for my entire life, unbeknownst to me, my, my dad was kind of longing for apostolic Christianity, and my mom was slowly inching her way back to Rome. Um, but when, when I was in high school, that's when, when my family kind of made the, the transition. Well, not, not my entire family. It's, it's been kind of a piecemeal process. But uh, myself and several of my siblings and my parents were received into the church when I was in high school. And I was actually received 
as, as I like to call it, through the back door of the church, through Opus Dei. Um, so it, it wasn't a, a sort of a traditional, um, you know, Pentecost or Easter confirmation. I, I was received in uh, in September of uh, 2009, and it was the, the best thing that ever happened to me. And I, I think that my personal conversion was mostly based on the, the fact that in the sort of advent of the social media age, which was the mid-early 2000s, um, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of new media, a lot of new information, uh, a lot of new, you know, fads, and, and uh, it, it was kind of a, a minefield of, um, of morality, and, and I, I, I was always very much in love with Jesus from, from a young age, but um, for there to be a, a clear you know, uh, voice of what's right and what's wrong was very, very, very difficult to find in a non-denominational context. Um, and I stumbled upon this. This is sort of the moment that I really, like, clicked with, with Catholicism personally. But I was a freshman in high school, and I stumbled upon a website that just listed, it was called, like, thomasaquinas.org or something. <laughs> and it listed, it was an article on mortal sin, oddly enough, and it just listed what was right and what was wrong. And with the clarity of the catechism, it was just a copy-paste of the catechism's discussion of mortal sin, and it completely inflamed, oddly enough, my my 14-year-old heart. And, you know, it, it, it talked about why uh, why pornography was wrong, why, you know, ev- ev- every sin was wrong in, a, in, a, in such a, a clear and authoritative way. Um, Way and it, it reminded me even at fourteen of how the um, the Jews spoke of Jesus when when they said this is one who speaks with authority right mm. this is one who speaks of his own authority and I, I recognized that in Christ's bride um, during that time so that's sort of the the philosophical and then the practical um, and I've I've now been Catholic for uh, more than a decade and I'm I'm absolutely absolutely in love with it. If you're just joining us, we're with Paul Rose with Sing the Hours here on Real Presence Live. Uh, we're, we're live in studio in Fargo, North Dakota, and we're getting called in by Paul from Boston. This is wonderful. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we can connect. Um, for those who don't know what the Divine Office is or what the Liturgy of the Hours are, can you explain briefly what that is and how you came across it in your faith journey? Absolutely. So, this is one of the main things that you didn't know about your priest, but your priest probably does. And it's the Divine Office is, is an ancient cycle of prayer where, where Christians, for as long as Christianity has existed, and actually this is a continuation of what, of what um, Jews would do in, in ancient times, is the systematic praying through the Psalms of David. So the, the, the Psalms are a book in the Bible, and they're a musical book. It's the, it's the poetry, the music of the Holy Spirit, inspired through his servant David. And Christians have always chiefly derived their, their public prayer life from the Psalms. So it follows a Psalter, a Psalter the, liturg- the Liturgy of the Hours, and every priest, when they're ordained, makes a promise, every priest and deacon makes a promise to faithfully do the Liturgy of the Hours, and it's, sanctif- it's called the, the Liturgy of the Hours because there are particular psalms that correspond to different hours of the day, 
and it happens once every three hours. So there are in total seven offices per day, or five, because the the daytime offices are kind of split up into three smaller offices. But the the chief hours, as they call it, of the divine office, the one that traditionally lay people would join priests in doing throughout the millennia of Christianity, are lauds, which is the morning prayer. It comes from the, the Latin um, to, to praise. And then uh, vespers, which is your evening prayer. So traditionally, lay people and priests alike, the, the entire body politic of, of the Church, would gather to do lauds and vespers. And um, it's absolutely beautiful. It, it is the public prayer of the Church. It actually, according to the, the, the Council documents of the Church, it is a continuation of the Holy Mass. It's a liturgy. It's not private prayer. It's not, it's not like the, the Rosary or like our, our, our personal conversations with God. When we pray the Divine Office, we enter into a public reality that, that, is, that belongs to the entire Church. It, it's the voice of the Bride um, asking for the intercession of Christ, the mediator between God and man. So it's, it's, this, it's this eternal drama, this, this eternal intimate conversation that's taking place in God's family, and that's what the Liturgy of the Hours is. How did you get connected to the divine office? Like, where did you learn about this, and how did you? How like where? What part of this did you did you come into it with? Great question. So, my first exposure to it, and I actually just thought of this when I um, when I was a teenager. I had a couple of Orthodox friends, and my first exposure was actually going to vespers with them. There was an Orthodox church near the house, and Eastern Christians are still in the rhythm of doing the Divine Office as a as a sort of regular thing that lay people participate in. And um, so that that was my, my first exposure to it. And as, as a really beautiful thing, and as evidence of how ancient the Divine Office is, is that any apostolic church, so you have, you have like Coptic Christianity from Egypt, right? You have Assyrian Christianity, you have Greek Christianity, you have Russian Christianity, any apostolic church, regardless of its political history, right, of whether it's been in communion with Rome, has a psalter, has a liturgy of the hours. So it, it is a very ancient practice, and my sort of exposure to regularly doing it happened in my early 20s. My uncle um, who lives in Portland, Oregon, he, he called me up one day and said, you know, I, I really need to up my prayer life, and um, I was wondering, since you like to sing and I like to sing, if you'd like to do the Divine Office with me every single day for a year. And so he and I sort of did this um, did this uncle-nephew bonding experience where we would nightly call each other on the phone and sing the evening prayer or night prayer together, um, and, and that happened every single day for a year. Well, I, I don't think we missed a day. And um, our specific singing was was really fly by the seat of our pants. We we didn't follow any sort of rubric for what we were singing, like in terms of tunes. But it was really, you know, a really wonderful, fruitful experience nonetheless. That's beautiful. Um, we are coming up on a break here, Paul, but we'd love to talk with you on the other side of the break about uh, like how you were inspired and some formatting, some questions. I know this is just an extension 
of, uh, of the liturgy. So there must be some formats or some rules behind this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, on the other side of the break, we'll talk a little bit more with Paul. And also, Paul, I've got uh, a, 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 a potential uh, patron saint for your organization, if you don't already have one. I don't know if you were listening Ooh. to us be at the front end of the Ooh. of the hour. but Let's, uh, let's tease it. Let's tease yeah, it. Yeah, we'll tease it. Yeah. More to come. <laughs> This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. You just heard him, but now you're going to hear him live. <laughs> the voice of Lumen Vision. This was, this was supposed to be my entry, and then I then I hear the programming come on, and I and oh, I, this was the this was the programming ad. Okay, well, uh, I, back to back. You're hearing Dr. Ryan Sapple from Lumen Vision. We're live in Fargo on Real Presence Live. We're joined by Paul Rose from Sing the Hours, and uh, Paul, we were just talking on the on the front end of the break here uh, about. Talking, talking through the liturgy of the hours, and, and, and it's exactly that, as you mentioned, it's a liturgy, so there, there must be some kind of formatting or some structure to this that happens each time you pray it. Can you give us just a little background on like the rules or the structure or the formatting of the divine office? Yeah, well, as with any liturgy, there's, there's a, a whole bucket full of rules, but the good news is that since I'm a lay person, and I and you know we are lay people. the The rules are not as binding on us if 
if any of our listeners are thinking, well, I'd like to try doing that, don't be intimidated by rules, because unless you've made the promise and and you're a priest or a deacon or a religious, then you can do any portion of the Liturgy of the Hours, and all of it is good. All of it is good. So even if if you feel like you botched it, it's good. It's it's not going to be... made less glorious by adding your voice in an imperfect way. Um, but if you were curious about what the, the general format is, it's, it's um, very similar every time. It involves a hymn, and, and this is the ancient formula, too. This is what Christians have always done with it. And the, the Divine Office is one of the things that encouraged um, non-psalm hymns for the, actually, even in the early Church, lay people. You have Ambrose of Milan, um, actually, some of the hymns that he used in the 4th century were written by lay people, and that's recorded in history, because they, they saw that, that lay people had this movement of the Spirit to make these beautiful hymns. And so it, it begins with a hymn, it, and the hymn doesn't have to be written in Scripture, it doesn't have to be written by a priest. Lay people have written hymns for the Divine Office. And then um, af- after the hymn, you have, um, in, the, in the big offices, you have two psalms and a canticle, and the canticle is taken from either the Old Testament in morning prayer or the New Testament, and you have, uh, for evening prayer, and you have, of course, the canticle of Mary called the Magnificat, which is done every evening, and Christians around the world for centuries have done it every single evening as God's, um, as, as God's prayer. And then you have the Benedictus, which is the Latin for the, um, uh, the, the Blessed Be, which is um, Zechariah's prayer, Zechariah's song, and, and that, that happens when um, Zechariah gains his speech back, right? He, he's the father of John the Baptist, and he breaks into song, Blessed Be the, the Lord, the God of Israel. And so you have um, him, two psalms, canticle, and then you have a scripture reading, and then you have intercessions, where the Church prays for the world and prays for prays for itself, and uh, God's will be done, and then you end with the Lord's Prayer. So that's sort of the format of, of every single one. Hymn, Psalm, Canticle, Scripture, Intercession, and Lord's Prayer. This is a, this is a beautiful tradition. The Divine Office is awesome. Uh, you had a question, Jack? Well, no, I just had a comment. Uh, I wanted to just add, you know, you were encouraging people to say the Divine Office, and uh, it's a wonderful prayer because it's kind of an antiphonal prayer, call and response sort of thing, and it works very well for married couples yes. uh, to do that. And also, uh, a reminder when you said, you know, you don't have to do it, you, know, you can do it uh, yeah. badly, uh, I'm reminded of, I think it was G.K. Chesterton who said, uh, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Amen. Yes, you know, and I think he was sp- t- talking specifically about prayer at that yeah. time. But I'm not sure. I'm not a, a scholar of, of, of Chesterton, but anyway, yeah. it, it Al- works along those lines. Yeah, Paul, I, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, no, no, no. Go, go, go ahead. Well, I, my my question was just along those lines. Um, you know, when when they talk about you know when spiritual directors talk about let's get started with prayer, they don't just say go to the chapel and pray for one hour a day right out of the gate. They say start with like five minutes, then start with then go to ten minutes. For somebody who's just getting introduced to the divine office, what's the best way to start? Great question. The best way to start is go on YouTube, type in "Sing the Hours," and try and follow along with our podcast. Um, that's that's what it's here for, and I think you'll find that very quickly, the 
the tunes are extremely repetitive. They they follow psalm tones, which were designed by the early church and actually were an important part in the history of the development of music, because psalm tones were created not for monks. They were created for people who were not educated in music. They, they were created for the, the body politic, any human being to be able to quickly follow and do. And so I think, I think you'll find, if you listen to the podcast and you pray along with us, Sing the Hours. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and, and, and like basically every podcast channel. I think we're even on Audible. So um, pray along with us and allow, even by listening, the, um, the Church Father Athanasius says that even those who listen to the psalms sung receive basically the same benefit as the singer. And St. Athanasius is one of the, the, the biggest, greatest Church Fathers we got, and he actually writes about singing the psalms, why the psalms must be sung, this is something that Christians decided very early on, that there's, there's, a, there's something lacking if we simply say the psalms. They're, they're not going to connect with us spiritually, because the fruit is in the music, the, the median is in the music. So even if you um, are saying the psalms poorly, like my uncle and I just sort of did, did whatever for, for that year, um, there still is more benefit from singing, like Augustine says, he who sings prays twice. Mm. Um, so I, I, I encourage that once you're listening to the podcast, if, if you try and branch out on your own and just sing it, I, I would encourage singing it instead of reciting it. Even if you're singing as plain chant, just sort of monotone, even if you feel like you have no pitch skill or no training, that's okay. The Holy Spirit will move through your singing, and it, it will unlock something in you that I promise you will surprise you greatly, um, because it's something that, that we... we we Christians are people of the song, and this is kind of a, a, a modern, non-singing culture that we've all been born into. But if, if there are many spiritual fruits to be accessed in singing the hours, which is why we started this project to begin with. Because I found that of a lot of priests that I knew um, who were doing the divine office, they they themselves had had lost the the sort of um, the the training or the art or, or the vision of singing it, and I've I've received dozens of emails from priests who are so grateful for this podcast because it has reinvigorated in them the, the ability and the, um, and the, the chance to, to sing the hours as, as they're meant to be sung. Yeah, and I, and I want to remind our listeners, you mentioned it earlier, but the uh, podcast is singthehours.org, correct? Yep. Okay, great. Yeah, I can see where that would be a wonderful benefit, especially for uh, those people who might be a little hesitant about singing, uh, you've got it. To join with you. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, one more uh, question for you before we before we head to break. We probably have three or four minutes left. Uh, I, I'm curious, um, what is the response that you've received from uh, starting this podcast, starting this, uh, this movement online uh, to have people pray with you? What, what response have you received? It's been beyond my my wildest dreams. Um, I, I kind of at, at the beginning when I started this podcast back in we we published our first episodes back in December, but we started regularly posting. And it's funny, my my spiritual director, he was like, "Why do you keep saying we?" Mm. Um, because it, it it really has been a, a one man endeavor in terms of the the production and the. I, I mean, I, I'm putting in about fifty hours a week into. Um, into the, the singing and producing and the, you know, studying Latin hymns from the early church, et cetera, et cetera. But 
when um, when I started during ordinary time um, in January, it, it I, I was anticipating maybe like a hundred people would benefit, and that would be worth it because a hundred people entering into this beautiful prayer. I mean, that's that's a lot of people. That's like a, a small con- congregation right there. But now we're getting about two thousand listeners a day on our podcast and YouTube channels, and I've received mail from all over the world from from New Zealand from uh, the Philippines, from East Africa, from Lithuania, from every single country you can imagine. And the, the response has been magnificent. I, I, and I, I mean, of course it is, because I firmly believe that there are huge fruits ready to be picked from the Holy Spirit, fruits of song and fruits of, of the, the fire of grace, and anybody who sings it, is going to benefit from that. And hearing it, too, you will benefit from that. It puts you into a state of contemplation. And two final notes on, on that point is that um, the uh, the saints, right? All of us want to be saints, right? Mm-hmm. 90% plus of the saints who are saints did the divine office. Every priest who's a saint, which is a lot of them, every brother, and many of the lay people in times bygone, did the divine office. And I, I would say it's at least 9 and 10. So if you're trying to be a saint, a great place to start is the divine office. And the second final point to, to encourage you to pray this is that if you're struggling in your prayer life, or if you're wondering, is this really the Holy Spirit praying? Is this me praying? Am I praying the right thing? Am I praying the right formula? Am I asking God the right thing? The divine office is 100% the voice of the Holy Spirit. Every word of it is Scripture and is the is the divine word of the Church. And so it is 100% prayer that comes from, that swells from the hearts of the faithful. And everything you pray in the divine office, every movement in your heart, every tugging at your heartstring, is going to be 100% the voice of God inspiring you and leading you and guiding you. And that's why it makes sense. And that's why I encourage all of you to go to singthehours.org, listen to our podcast, and let the Holy Spirit begin to move you and join in the song of the Church. I think, I think you'll be surprised at how, I won't be surprised at how it's going to move you and change you. I, I don't know about you, Jack. I'm pretty fired up after hearing from Paul about this Sing the Hours. Again, it's singthehours.org is the website you need to go to if you want to learn more about the Divine Office. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Yeah, I really, really appreciate it. You you guys are great. Thank you, awesome. Jack and Dr. Ryan. Yes, appreciate your time. Up next, one of our transitional deacons from the Diocese of Sioux Falls will be joining us. Uh, stay with us as we get to know him and his story. There's a couple of them, it sounds like. we got two transitional deacons joining us after the break on Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 